Love incarnate, love divine Star and angels gave the shine Bow to babe on bended knee The savior of humanity Unto us a child is born He shall reign I think this is my normal excited voice. Um, you're welcome today <laughs> to the Christian Authors Podcast. And uh, it's an honor to host you, Jennifer Elwood Weber, all the way from which part of the world? Washington State. Okay. So I'm from Nigeria. And yes. uh, <laughs> thank God for the internet that can connect us to whatever yes. part of the world we want to travel to. <laughs> So you're currently in Nigeria and I'm also in uh, Washington, (laughs) D.C. So, okay. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to the podcast, to the interview. And also um, started June this year and so far it has been good. So I have three sets of um, questions, three groups. Number one is about you. Number two is about the book and also about the festive period we are in. And the last one is about your writing journey and relationship with God. So, number one, tell us about yourself. What do you do? Who are you? And, <laughs> and okay. uh, 
Can you just introduce yourself as an author to the listeners out there? Yes. So my name is Jennifer Elwood and I am a wife to a man named Tom. And I have three children. My son just turned 16 and I have two adopted daughters as well that are nine and five. And I also have a couple of adult stepchildren and uh, my stepdaughter, Holly, has her family in town. And so I'm also a bonus grandmother to children that are about my my kids' ages. And also, um, I have a bonus granddaughter who's almost 20. <laughs> I love when you use the word bonus. It's, <laughs> it's really a, a bonus. It is. I, well, wait, you know, I became a grandma when I was like, what, 36? And I wasn't ready for that title yet. And so um, we came up with bonus grandma. Actually, uh, my... <laughs> My granddaughter that is almost 20 calls me Jenny B. And B means bonus. <laughs> <laughs> it's I <Okay>. just love. <laughs> that's, that's a unique name. <laughs> Maybe I should name myself Vitri B. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, that's such a nice introduction. And um, thank God for God's blessing. So in everything it's just God's blessing. So we are grateful for that. Yes. Okay. So um, you published your first book this month, November. I think I saw it on Amazon towards November, 2020. Yes. 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 And um, the title is Counting Up to Christmas. So 24 things. I don't know the meaning. I know Counting <laughs> Up to Christmas. So um, <laughs> can you can you tell me what kind of like inspired the title of that book and uh, why do you say counting up to Christmas from November? Why are we counting up to Christmas? Well, um, so I feel like counting down means that we're trying to get rid of the event. Like we're trying to end it. We're just trying to get over it. And I feel like with Christmas, especially, we do not want to just get over Christmas. We want to prepare well for it. So as I thought about how to count towards Christmas, all of a sudden the word up came. And I thought, well, that's a positive thing. Like you, if you count up to something, you are anticipating. And, um, you know, my writing journey started about five years ago and, um, it started when I went to Israel and, you know, I counted up to the day that I left for sure. It was an amazing journey to prepare for that because I was so excited to go Um, And that changed a lot of things for me. And that's really where my writing career actually started. Because all of a sudden, the sights, the sounds, the tastes, the feels, um, the whole experience of going to where there is, you know, the Bible happened, changed reading the Bible. And it has just been such an amazing experience recalling all of the things that I saw there and want to see there. And um, I learned a lot of things that I started writing little pieces for. And um, that has informed the book. Okay. So, so um, that's, that's a wonderful experience, at least um, to us writing your book. What you have experienced, what you have seen, you become a better storyteller from mm-hmm. it and um, I'm very sure that by the time I read your book <laughs> I'll experience <laughs> what happened in Israel you know 
the Bible has recounted the tale. So I can guess where the title of your book came from, the visit and your experience. It's formed up the title of your book. Okay, so the, the next question, Luke asked 24 chapters. Yes. And um, your book also adds 24 great lessons. So, okay, a chapter, a lesson, or is it that there's a chapter that has more than two lessons or is it a chapter, a particular focus? What is your favorite chapter of the Bible and also the chapter of your book? Oh, okay. So, you know, I, I love that Luke just works perfectly to prepare for Christmas because you start with the beginnings of, you know, Israel waking up to the fact that the Messiah is coming. And then you end on Christmas Eve with the account of the resurrection. And it is just such a cool way to prepare for the next day of Christmas. And so, <clears throat> um, so I think, you know, I love every chapter each day. Like I've been doing this with my kids and um, like each chapter is like my favorite that day. However, if I have to really look at the whole book and pick one chapter that's my most favorite, it's the first one. It is Luke 1. And in that day, we open the gift of prayer. And I think that is such an important lesson. It is such an important thing to set the tone of the month with there being this positive thing that we begin with, that we start with our relationship with the Lord and we start with... Um, time in the word we start with um a prayer time i think it's important to um set aside specific time each day to um to spend with the lord and then to actually be also quiet and receive from him as well and so i think that that is just like the whole the whole month feels like it's kind of wrapped up and sets the tone perfectly in that first chapter okay um so favorite Chapter one in the book and also the Bible. Okay, um, the next question is, we live in a busy world. Everyone is busy, especially in this year, 2020. Everyone is busy. I can't count how many hours I spend online. Yes. We're always busy, busy calls, Zoom calls, um. Uh, meetings and so many other things and um sometimes um christians forget to focus on jesus in a busy world they uh become more focused on money mm -hmm. more focused on getting acceptance from people who have not accepted them before especially in this um specific time of the year so how, how can Christian practice focusing on God this Christmas and also extend it to the coming year, 2021? How can we be focused Christian in a busy world? Yes, the world we always demand from us. You know, if we want to reach out to the world, we have to know how to use all these gadgets and so many other things. And so many times you will spend hours doing one thing and then it flops. And you are frustrated and you still want to keep on doing it, you know? And um, yes. it, it, everything has advantage and disadvantage. So how can we as Christians um, focus on Jesus at such a busy time of the year? It always keeps on busy, getting busy and yes. it will keep on getting busier. So how can we focus on Jesus at this time of the year? 
You know, I think that for me, I have to set aside the time and I have to do it and I have to spend time with God when my kids are not awake so that when they are awake, that I'm more focused in on, on God and I'm more focused on his word. So my goal is to get up before they get up. So I have to get up pretty early sometimes and spend time with him first. And I think that's good advice for leading up to Christmas. I think that's good advice for every day. And I think when I start the day in his word and with time with him, then I'm more likely to go to him throughout the day. And then uh, a lot of times I'll also just take another like little hit at the Bible again (laughs) before I go to bed. Um, Sometimes I'll read. Sometimes I'll um, I have a really great app that plays the Bible and auditorily and there's little like playlists of Bible verses and things. And sometimes I end my day listening to that. And I really like that. And so I think we just have to be so intentional and we have to also take steps to realize when we hear, you know, lies that we take steps against them. Like when you hear an advertisement on the television or a billboard or wherever saying, buy this, do this, go have this, <laughs> yes. spend money on this. You have to just say no. Um, yeah, I know your focus. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I um, there's an author in the United States named Kathy Lipp, and she wrote a book called about for Christmas planning. And so in the month of November, you focus on what you're going to do for December so that you're not in the middle of a bunch of chaos as you're getting ready for Christmas. And the first thing she has you do is write a mission statement. And it's so good because it helps you set the tone. Because if you've had a great year and you have extra money for Christmas presents, you make a decision, you know, beforehand that you you have this much, you're going to do this, you're going to have this. Um, but then... You know, if you've had a horrible year, if you are really disappointed, if you've lost a loved one that's very close to you, then you take the steps to um, to have a less a toned down Christmas if you if that's what you need. And and then, you know, in the midst of like, you know, pandemic, I'm thinking like, well, how do I bless the people around me without having a giant party? Or things like that. And so uh, my family and I are getting creative about some of the things that we're going to do that allows us to socially distance. Um, My mom is very concerned about all of this and has asked me to stop hanging out with people like I was over the summer when our numbers were very low. And so um, I'm doing that because I honor her and I want to spend time with my parents and my sister and niece that live with them. And so we're thinking about like, how can we go to our neighbors? How can we, you know, bless our family? I have lots of cousins that live in my city and, um, and just thinking about, you know, how Christmas will be different this year for us because of that and then acting on it and doing it. And um, so we get, there's always something that um, can help us set the right tone. And it's just a matter of, Spending time with the Lord to figure out what that is. Okay. Um, okay, you made a phrase when you were talking and a question just came out of that phrase. Now, 
every part of the world is affected by the pandemic and so many things. Now, the celebration spirit is not high, as it always has been. Especially in my country, it's not I. <laughs> so yeah. things have been a bit tough. And uh, okay, so I don't know, is is there an advice or I will I say like um a pathway you can you can just chip it out to the audience on how they can make their Christmas special. It's not about, because in my country, when you're doing Christmas, you know, we are always, especially when we are young, new clothes means your Christmas is good. You know, new shoes, new year do, and so many other things. And it's like the world is, things have changed and uh, it does not just matter anymore. New clothes, new things. It doesn't really, really matter. You know, how can, how can they have a reserved Christmas that will make them mm. celebrate the birth of Jesus? I mean, the coming of Jesus into this world without thinking too much about the social distancing, the COVID-19 mm. rules, so many things. How can we make Christmas to be special this time of the year? Because I also need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So things that we've decided to do as a family... So, um, I mean, in the United States, putting up Christmas lights is a big deal. And so I actually just checked our newspaper yesterday, and there are even more houses than usual with huge light displays. And so, um, you know, we, we like to go and look at Christmas lights. But for us, like we decided we're going to go out a couple of times because there's so many huge displays this year that weren't, I don't think happens in years past. And so we're going to spend some time doing that. Um, and usually we have a large party. Um, I'm the oldest of like almost 30 cousins. And I think maybe... <laughs> Plenty <laughs> of us live in Yakima in my town and every year either me or my cousin Angie who is the other one with a really big house has a Christmas party but we're not doing that this year and so uh, there are special cookies it's actually uh, in chapter three I talk about making Aunt Dory's cookies and so we actually decided that we would make several batches of Aunt Dory's cookies um, I went to like a special secondhand shop to pick up some beautiful uh, plates and they're sitting in my closet waiting for um, the day that we make the cookies. And then we're going to go around Yakima and deliver a plate of cookies and my book to all of my cousins and my aunts and uncles. And so we're going to do that. And I think that we may go and um, sing outside some of our neighbors' homes. Last year, we delivered, you know, big treat boxes and things like that. And I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of people saying don't sing. But hey, I can stand 10 feet back <laughs> and sing <laughs> with my kids. And so I think that... Um, you know, careful planning of um, things like that that can bring joy to people, um, bringing people food, bringing people music, bringing people whatever, you know, leaving like I, we um, we had we have some friends this last week who um, whose families were um, dealing with COVID 
And we brought the kids like a little card and taped a little mini candy canes to it and just left it on their doorstep. Um, so there's a lot of things that we can do. And it's just a matter of being creative. And, you know, we're all much better at shifting now, right? We have to, yeah. we have to, we have yes, to we do have that. To. And so, um, finding ways to, um, you know, bless people. Like uh, I had a book event last week, you know, Santa Claus is canceled everywhere, of course, but I have a friend who plays Santa and we had a, there's a coffee shop in a close by town and they had their outdoor patio open. And so we decided to have an outdoor book signing event with Santa Claus. And we, so we stayed outside you know, uh, and so my girls for the first half hour, because it was sort of slow, um, just stood on the sidewalk and waved at passing cars with Santa Claus. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we can, we can really be creative. And I would just encourage everybody to ask the Lord, like, what do I do? What do I do this year to connect with people and then do it? That's, that's 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 just the best because at, at this time of the year um it's it's more important for us to spread love yes. than fear yeah because yes. that's 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 the mini that's the totality of the coming of Jesus into the world is love personified yes. so <laughs> i think for our listeners um, it's very important for them to hold it in mind that what am I going to do to show love to my neighbor, yes. to show love to myself? I mean, when you get that, Christmas becomes special for you because Christ himself is love and um, he wants us to show love to others. Yes. So the last um, question on the second segment um, is um, about the popularity of Christmas and um, how can we as Christians leverage on this without sinning, you know? Uh, when the excitement is high, uh, there's a tendency for, if it is not controlled, there's a tendency to do what you shouldn't do as a believer. So how can Christians, especially young ones, how can they stay in the balance especially at this time of the year, without going uh, away from the truth, the doctrine of mm-hmm. God. So I think the important thing is, especially right now, is to spend time in God's word first thing, because his instruction will inform us better than any other voice that we hear. And I think that it's really important to um to follow these principles and also to quiet the voices that would give us advice to do something that we shouldn't be doing you know we should not be going into debt for christmas presents we should not be spending more than we have for gifts yeah. for other people because we can be creative and do other things that are almost more meaningful than handing someone you know a gift like you know, um, for Mother's Day this year, uh, for my friend, I wrote her a poem, <laughs> you know, and that was, I, I sort of, you know, I took Proverbs 31, but I wrote it to her, her particular circumstances. 
and I read it to her and that was so great. And, you know, so we can be very creative and we also need to make sure that we set our intentions well and then follow through with them. You know, whether you have a little bit of money, whether you have a lot, um, you know, make Christmas special for the people around you. And like you said, you know, make decision now that you're going to spread love and pray about what that looks like and then do it. And it's an act of obedience as well to, um, you know, we want the Lord smiling on our decision. So I think that um, the more that we can, you know, go and um, that, that our, that our blessing of others is an overflow from, what we're receiving from the Lord every day, it's going to make Christmas amazing for lots of people. Okay. Setting the intentions right will make you not to go overboard yes. at this time of oh, the boy. year. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> okay. The last segment is about your writing journey and your relationship with God. So this book is self-published, right? Yes. So, okay. Can you, uh, because most of the audience, most of them are, soon to be authors mm-hmm. and people that are considering self-publishing or going for a local well seeking for a local publisher so what will you say your experience is being a self-published author and was it the best for you i'm very sure you learned a lot during the process because when i decided to self-publish my book i learned a lot during the, the process so do, do you say that self-publishing is worth it Is this something to be considered in this 20th century? Yes, I think it is worth it. And, you know, when publishers look at you, I mean, I haven't looked at it in other countries, but in the United States, most publishers and most literary agents are looking for people that have strong writing skills. They've, you know, they've educated themselves. Like they're looking for all of these things. And the fourth thing that I think tends to be a difficult thing is that they want to know that you have a large following of a certain size. And I did not have that. I didn't really work on building that as I wrote the book. I mean, a little bit. I started a blog and I have enjoyed writing. And it was very sporadic at the beginning, like, oh, I have an idea, so I'm going to write it. But I didn't have a regular schedule. I didn't have lots of social media spaces for that. I didn't, I sort of had to, I learned as I went. Um, I think that joining a couple of writing groups was very helpful to me. And I highly recommend, especially Flourish Writers. Um, You have to send a link of that. I I will, I will. (laughs) The women that run this, 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 um, this writers group is absolutely amazing they have several classes that you can take as a one-off but they also have an annual academy and now is the time to sign up for the academy for 2021 and I'm going to do it for another year and these women are connectors and they have a lot of publishing experience and they are just amazing so I highly recommend joining a a good, strong writing group that can help you make connections, especially if you're going to self-publish. But it will also help you build your, you know, what they call a platform, right? Like it builds your followers. It um, builds you into a community. 
so that if you do desire to traditionally publish someday, that you will be able to grow that following. And, um, so, so for me, I, I mean, the, the whole point was just that I wanted to get as many people in the world that I could to, um, read a chapter of Luke a day. And if that's all this book does, well, that's great. But I also think that it draws people in and helps people experience some of Israel. I think it draws people in because it also attaches these lessons to um, a worship song, which I know you are very interested in worship songs, which is so great. (laughs) I love it. Um, And so I think that... um, I th- so I think that going down the self-publishing route for me was absolutely perfect. Um, I, I, I do have ideas for books that I might write a proposal for in the future, but I also know that that's a good experience. But I also know that like my platform is still, is still small. And so I'm working on, on that. Who knows? Because if I if I continue wanting to have books that have color pictures in them, any publisher will want to take me on because they would have to charge a lot of money to make any money on the book. And they're you know, as much as you know, we're all believers here, but they're profit driven as well. They can't lose yeah. money on everything. So I totally understand that. And so I may be someone that self-publishes, but maybe God will lead me to an idea that would be traditionally published. And, you know, I don't know right now. I just know that um, this this book has done well in my local community. I've been written up in the paper twice uh, through the bookshop that we, that one bookshop we have in our city. And that has driven lots of sales. It's driven people to come looking for me and having, you know, being a podcast guest in many countries has, and in many different spots in the United States has been helpful in getting the word out. Um, and I, I don't know if I would have done all of this if I had traditionally published. And I, it certainly wouldn't have been this year because even if I found a literary agent and then they found a book deal for me, this book wouldn't have happened until probably 2023. <laughs> if I was lucky and also, a lot of publishers are looking for things that have a much longer marketing window. And for a Christmas book, it's very short. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to consider, but self-publishing is absolutely worth it. And I started out on, and I used Amazon's publisher, KDP, and that has been a great experience. I did experience some issues with Kindle because I used a fixed format to maintain the pictures and the interior formatting. But there's so many Kindle devices out there that some of them won't read the book correctly. But, you know, I've been working with people, just the few people that have come to me and said, I can't read it. I've gotten the book to them other ways. And it's, it's worked out just fine. There was one person that left me a one-star review because of the Kindle download. And I'm like, that's not fair. That's not my fault. (laughs) I'm still working with Amazon to get them to take it off, but whatever. And so I I may consider other ways. I have a lot of research to do now that I know more um, for the next time around, because I already have an idea for counting up to Easter. So, (laughs) um, 
or up through Easter. I'm, I'm not sure what, what we're counting up around over. I don't know, but we're counting to Easter in some way that I, I'm not sure the Lord has quite laid on my heart yet, but um, we'll get there. So, um, so, and I, and I, I don't know what I would do with that. I actually have a connection to a literary agent who saw my book and loved it. So that might start a conversation and we'll see what God does with it. But for now, I am more than happy to self-publish. And I already have a, th- a few things that if I got to a point where I was actually making a little bit of money, some things that I would hire help for. But for now, I'm doing most things by myself. Which is good, because I'm learning a lot. Yeah, self, self-publishing self is um is fulfilling and yes. uh, it's filled with lessons. Yeah. You make mistakes, you learn from it. And soon enough, people will start coming to you and say, oh, how do you do it? How do you get your book on this? I want to do it. I want to do that. So I think um, it's fun all the way and it helps you to be creative. It helps you to learn things that, okay, two years ago, I wouldn't have learned them. So I think that's that's so beautiful. So okay, um, how has uh, your journey with God influenced your writing? You know, this year I I published a book, just a small book, it was supposed to be a post on the website. And um, the moment I started writing it, it was to be one thousand words and one thousand and two words within that range. But the moment I started writing. I realized I was getting to 4,000 words, 5,000. <laughs> and this is the funniest thing. I, I wrote that book at a go. Like I was in my room seated for hours and the inspiration was just coming and I was writing and I was writing and I was writing. By the time I would check the word document for the word count, <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> I said, oh, this cannot be on my blog. You know, 5,000 words. And someone will sit down and be scrolling and scrolling. I said, no, <laughs> I was just going to, <laughs> to publish it. And, uh, you know, um, the idea of the book started out as from my relationship with God, especially during the time we have been on everyone at home and so many other things. So it's kind of like I I had to think about some things that, okay, at this point in time we were in, people will always get to a, to a crossroad and say, okay, God is not anywhere. He's not around me. So the idea of the book just came and I was watching a Christian film, Catching Faith. One of the uh, women in the, in the movie made mention about a particular verse of the Bible. Uh, the first of that Bible, of that verse, was the the starting point for the book said when God is not on the mountain, it it was about Elijah and Mm. God, he searched for God in the mountain. He could not find God in the wind. He could not find God, but God was in a small, still voice. You know, the moment I, I listened to that in that film, I went to the, uh, I went to open my Bible and I saw that it's poured up the idea of that book. And I started writing and writing until I, let out what was in me. So I believe for every Christian writer, you must have a relationship with God. You know, all of our steps are ordered by the Lord and a little thing can can just pack a fire that will, will be something people will recommend and people will look back to years to come. So how has your relationship with God affected your writing journey? Because you, mm. if, if you write without a relationship with God, you might make sales. You might make sense if you not use your words, yes. your English, well, but 
aside from making the sales, aside from making the profits, lives must be impacted. And if you want to do that, you must have a relationship with God. So how has your relationship with God affected your writing? Uh, well, it has impacted all of it. And I, it wouldn't have started without him. And so when I was, when I was younger uh, and went to college, I walked away from the Lord for about 20 years, or not 20, for about 10 years. And I kind of went to church here and there. I had, you know, some different experiences, but I wasn't in his word. I wasn't really praying much more than occasional panicked prayers like, oh, that's right. God's there. So I guess I should ask him for help with this by screaming or <laughs> something, you know? Um, and so I had a really tough time. I call it my wild 20s. And then, um, and then I, I had my son when I was 29. I, that started changing things for me. And at the time I was living in London and when my son was a a little over two, a year and a half old, my former husband asked me for a divorce and I came home. And as I was on the plane, I thought I was going to have to go the entire time with my son on my lap. I had planned a bassinet. It didn't work out because he'd gotten much taller since the last time we flew and he couldn't fit. And I thought, oh, what am I going to do on this busy flight? And how are we going to sleep? How are we going to rest? And I was so distraught anyway. And there were two empty seats next to a man in the middle of like the middle bulkhead aisle. And when they closed the door, the seats were still open. So I just lunged over and said, oh, my gosh, can we see, take those two <laughs> seats? And the man said, oh, you need more space than that. I'm going to go take, you know, your crummy seat in the middle of with no tray in front of you you can have my my seat and then you'll have three and as I told that story over and over again one day finally just said oh lord where did that where did that come from and he was like that third seat was not empty and that that was the beginning of my return back and I got Christian counseling and I went through um, a program called Divorce Care several times. And a few years later, I realized that the guy that was leading the men's group was really cute. And so um, I, we, I remarried <laughs> about three years after my divorce. And, you know, we just have this, um, you know, so, so that a lot of that has just informed um, you know, my ability to travel, my ability to um, and experience Israel. And so then that was the beginning spark of the book. And it's just been, you know, everything since then. So then my 30s was my return and my 40s has been the deepening of my relationship because I've really intensified my study practices. So every phase of our life, God is there. So that's just it. So I think that's all my question for you. I'm mm-hmm. checking the book. I think this is all I asked in the former interview. I think so. <laughs> okay. So um, and to all our listeners, we will put the link to download the book, to buy the yeah. book and download. And I'm very sure they will love reading. 
So I'll read my and leave you a review. So thank you very much for your time. And even though we are doing the second time today. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, so much I really time. appreciate the time and everything. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Christian Authors Podcast this year, this time, this month. Whatever time you are joining us on this show, we appreciate and we value your time. Thank you for all the reviews. Thank you for the listening. And uh, thank you so much for staying subscribed on our show. We hope to bring you more amazing things next year, more exciting authors and more groundbreaking opportunities. The links that the author mentioned today on the interview will be available on our website at podcast.dachiba.com. And until then, we hope you will have a prosperous new year and a happy Christmas. We love you so much. We appreciate you and stay blessed.
ransom his own through clouds.